This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Breaking news, LeBron is a Laker. This Clippers team will win a championship this year. Paul George, corner three. Yes! Has to put it up with the buzzer. Banks it in. Ha-ha! He banks in the three. And the Lakers win the game. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Culture Points Network, and also uh, part of the Blue Wire uh, Network. We've just partnered up. Excited to announce that we've just partnered up with Blue Wire, uh, the podcasting company, and we're going to be you know, working together uh, moving forward. Uh, this is sort of episode one of our partnership, but I guess this is also episode, what is it? Uh, I think 33 for our episode, for our podcast. Uh, so excited to have Blue Wire on, bo- on board with us. Excited to be working with them. And uh, as always, uh, Tomer Zarley here, your LA Clippers beat writer for Clutch Points. Uh, on that end is Ryan Ward, our Lakers beat writer for Clutch Points. What's up, Ryan? Hey, uh, And we are uh, here in the first episode following the rather exciting trade deadline, I would say. Um, it wasn't a... It was quiet for a good portion of it, and then all of a sudden, teams started firing off moves left and right. We saw the Robert Covington deal, the the 12-player trade with Minnesota, Denver, Houston, and whoever else that was. Uh, we saw the Andre Drummond Cavs deal. Uh, and then most importantly, we saw the, the one that the Lakers and Clippers were vying for for a couple days and probably a couple weeks, and I guess in the months leading up to the trade deadline. Uh, Marcus Morris. Uh, both the Clippers and, and Lakers really wanted Marcus. Um, I know the Clippers tried to sign him in free agency. Uh, they met. They, they liked what each side had to offer. I think Morris ultimately decided to go, um, to put it straightforward, to follow the money and go where the money was with New York. Good decision, Marcus. Uh, I mean, uh, hey, 15 million, 15 million is hard to turn down. Um, yeah, Marcus decided to follow the money, signed with New York on a one-year deal. Um and ended up being traded here a few months later. Uh, he will be a free agent, but I think there's optimism on both sides. I mean, obviously, depending on how the season goes. Um, but optimism that, that he will resign uh, this offseason towards a you know, long-term partnership, uh, especially with this team having championship aspirations. Uh, Morris being a seasoned veteran, having played in deep playoff runs with the Celtics a couple of years ago. Um, but... The battle for Morris was, was not an easy one, I don't think. Um, in the days leading up to it, we heard the Lakers really wanted them. Uh, the Clippers really wanted them. We heard, we heard Woj essentially call it an arms race, a, a battle in Los Angeles for Morris. And uh, it seemed like the Lakers, I would say, needed him more. I don't know if Ryan would agree with that, but it felt like the Lakers needed Morris a bit more than the Clippers did. But the Clippers ended up winning out. Ryan, would you agree with that? I don't know if they needed him more. I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I would say more, uh, I think they needed Collison more. 
I don't think they needed Morris more. I I honestly don't think it would have been a good move if the Lakers went after him. I was I was kind of rooting for it to fall apart like it did. Um, well, what, what what maybe in the sense, maybe what I'm trying to say is by need him more. They needed him more in order to keep him away from the Clippers, is what I'm saying. Just like the Clippers needed him more to keep him away from the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. But I think, honestly, I think his, uh, his kind of attitude and demeanor and the fact he's, he's kind of volatile, he can blow up at any time, that's not something you want to bring into a championship locker room. And I'm not saying that he is going to blow up eventually, but um, the possibilities there. You know, like, well, why bring in somebody... Who can do that and become a distraction in the worst way? I just didn't think he was worth it, especially for what uh, the trade package was. Like, like really give up all those guys for one dude who could hurt your team more than help them. So let's talk about that trade package. Um, it was reported by Brad Turner of the LA Times that the Lakers uh, offered, I believe it was Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green in a package for Morris. And the Knicks declined that. I don't think the Knicks wanted to take on Danny Green in his three years. Um, and I think if they did take him on, they would have had to have a trade partner to take Green. So almost like a three-team deal. And I don't think they wanted to get into that. And then the Knicks reportedly countered with um, Kyle Kuzma, Avery Bradley, DeMarcus Cousins, and at least one second-round pick, which the Lakers declined. Um, I'm not sure which offer is worse but I feel like the Knicks probably should have taken the Danny Green Kuzma package, and the Lakers probably should have taken the Cousins Kuzma Bradley and a pick package. Um, I don't think they should have taken either. I mean, I think the Knicks, if the Knicks could have pulled off either one of those, they would have won that that trade. You think so? Yeah, definitely. How is Marcus Morris getting traded for guys that are proven players? I mean, I just don't understand it. I don't well, Marcus that. Morris is the fifth best shooter in the NBA from beyond the arc right now. He's averaging about 19.8 points. Sure, it's on a bad team. Yeah, yes, but on a bad team where he can get whatever shot he wants. But he's proven, like I said earlier, on the Celtics teams where he can be an X factor. He can be a guy who can who can win you some games. He's he's had game winners in the past. He's had some this year and in years past. And I think that he would have been a good addition to them, especially for a guy like Kyle Kuzma who hasn't really found his fit. Um, doesn't seem to be able to score on a consistent basis, is, is a bit of a liability defensively. I think that... Now, look, I don't think... They, they, giving up Danny Green would have been a bit much. I think they would have yeah. lost some there. But I do think Morris would have been an addition, um, you know, if they could keep Green, for example, in the Kuzma, Bradley, and DeMarcus Cousins. Because DeMarcus is going to be out all year. Kuzma is, is just struggling to fit with this team right now. And Avery Bradley, I mean, Clipper fans know how I feel about Bradley. Great guy, nice guy. I mean, obviously he has that... Uh, well, domestic assault cases against him and everything. But on the court, he's just not he, – I think he's a bit overrated. Uh, I, I don't think he's as good as advertised. He has his moments, sure, but he'll hit four or five threes every once in a blue moon. Uh, but I just don't think he's as good as, as good as everyone makes him out to be. And I thought that was a good chance for them to possibly get, get, get out of that deal with him, get Marcus Morris back, work potentially towards a long-term partnership uh, if you don't give up green. And they just didn't uh, agree on doing that. I just didn't think it made sense. I honestly didn't. Especially when you have, well, at least you thought you had Darren Collison, you know, ready to sign with either the Lakers or the Clippers, who I think was the ideal fit, like the perfect move for them. You get a ball handler, which you're looking for behind LeBron. 
and then another good three-point shooter, and a guy who's experienced in the playoffs. I mean, it just – and he's an L.A. native. It just seemed perfect all around. And then the guy just – I think it was yesterday, right, that he uh, decided he just wants to stay retired. That's the last scenario that I thought was going to happen, especially after seeing him at the Staples Center the other day. I was like, oh, this is done. <laughs> Darren called like, shut up courtside for a free game with Judy Buzz. all free of this, dinner, and was like, the, peace, I'm not coming back. <laughs> all of us in the back were, were saying, oh, this is done. We're even thinking like of writing posts ahead of time saying like, you know, Lakers wave X player, right? Get kind of like a template ready to go. It was that everybody was that certain that that was going to happen. I was shocked yesterday. I was like, are you kidding me? So it must have been somebody trying to lure him. Maybe it was his agent just, hey, man, these teams want you. You can, you know, make some money. You can win a title possibly. And it just wasn't enough for him to be like, you know, he obviously likes retirement a little too much. Oh, yeah. I think, I believe he retired to be, um, to, I think it was become a Jehovah's Witness or something like that or, or follow. There was some religion. Uh, it was religious a religious-based retirement decision. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, no one can fault him for that. If he wants to dedicate himself to that, um, by all means. Uh, I just think that he was a guy who I think was looking at it probably a a three-year three deal around $10 million annually in free agency. Uh, so that was someone who was probably coveted a lot. Um, and to see him retire, uh, I think, was shocking. And to see him not, you know, to see him think about coming back and then decide not to yesterday, uh, Sunday that is, was a bit shocking as well. Um, but yeah, I think Morris is a pretty good fit with the Clippers. We saw a bit of it against the Cavs on Sunday where he, in the game that Kawhi missed, Morris offered some versatility. He had a nice two-man game with the Vita Zubats. Um, Morris is a guy who, I think basically you add him to a team with Montrezl Harrell and Patrick Beverly, two uh, dogs, as they've, they've said themselves, uh, just a bunch of dogs on that team. Um, they're going to be a force to... Who uh, could like, tear each other apart? I'll just put that out there. I mean, sure, but I think that the main goal is that everyone knows they want to win. Everyone in that locker room has one goal, and that's to win a championship. Um, I, I think, you know, Kawhi and PG have said this all year, especially Kawhi, that I think I've even mentioned on the pod where it's gonna, they've said it's going to take losing, it's going to take some arguments, it's going to take some tough times and some adversity, and it's how you respond to that. Now, I'm sure they've had their locker room bouts. Like, we know, we already know that, you know, ever since Montrezl Harrell made those comments following the 40-point loss to the Grizzlies, or 30-point loss, whatever it was, um, that, you know, they sort of chewed him out saying, stop, don't talk to the media, don't air out our, our, you know, our grievances and what's wrong with the locker room. Let's keep it internal. Let's work from there. Uh, and I think that's sort of the wake-up call they needed. You know, um, Trez wasn't really mentioned any trade talks. Like, I, I expected it to be a lot more trade talk around him, surrounding him. And there was pretty much nothing around him. Yeah, not even mentioned. I mean, I exactly. don't think I heard one trade scenario or even rumor uh, heading into the deadline. I was like, I was surprised, especially... As much as we've talked about it the last few weeks, I, I would have sworn he'd be mentioned at least once or twice, if not three times. With teams, well, there was the there there was the mention from infamous and uh, well connected reporter Ari Abraham, um, but <laughs> that didn't come to be. So he said the Clippers were aggressively shopping Trez, and uh, well, we know how that worked out. Same way he said uh, the Clippers were out on Kawhi. Um, Who knows? Maybe they were. Maybe they were shopping him. 
I just feel like teams would have would have would have come out with that, uh, just to cause a locker room disturbance. If anything, that's mess true. them up in the locker room. Yeah, um, that's true. So, anyways, yeah, I just think Morris fits that team really well. Um, I'm sure they're going to have their arguments. I'm sure they're going to have their bouts here and there, but they're also poised to make a deep playoff run. Um, Morris has been through it all. He's basically gone to Game Seven of the Western of the Eastern Conference Finals, excuse me, um, facing off against the Cavs a couple years ago. So, um, yeah, Morris is just a terrific fit. I, I think, I think the bigger piece here, you know, at the trade deadline was probably Morris electing to or the Clippers trading for Morris. But I think the more surprising one after that was Collison deciding to retire because, or not to come out of retirement, excuse me. Um, Way more surprising. The Clippers, the Clippers, I don't think really needed another playmaker. I think they could use one. I don't think they need one as bad as the Lakers do. Like the Lakers' flaws are evident because they can't run with yeah. Rondo the whole time. The Lakers definitely needed him. They needed him bad. And That's why they were courting him. That's why they brought him in like that. So they, 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 they wanted to show how much they wanted this kid and. Just, I'm still kind of shocked by it now that I think about it. I was like, man, I could, I would have sworn he would have signed, or at least you would have heard, player waived, Collison signed within two days of that, and it just didn't happen. Was that fr- was that Friday? I think it was uh, Friday's game against yeah. or Thursday's game against the Rockets, wasn't it? So it was two days after that 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 happened. Yeah, that he that he chose to do that came out of nowhere too. <laughs> he showed up for the. For the small ball five versus the Lakers game, saw the Lakers lose and was like, nope, I'm not coming to this. I'm staying out of this. I'm out. <laughs> Peace. Good luck. Um, but with Collison out low, I guess like, let's look at alternate options or second options for the Lakers, and then we'll go into the Clippers a bit as well. But uh, second option for the Lakers in terms of backup playmakers, like who's out there you think? Like we've heard some rumors about Deion Waiters. Uh, we've heard that, you know, uh, known playmaker J.R. Smith is an option, apparently. Um, where do they go? I, I don't. Where do they go with this? <laughs> known playmaker J.R. Very Smith. well known playmaker <laughs> J.R. Smith. That's funny. Um, I mean, there's a few, but I don't think there's any that kind of <laughs> blow up your skirt kind of thing. I think it's. I mean, Dion Waiters. That goes back to the Marcus Morris thing. You're going to bring in a guy who's explosive. He could just detonate at any time, and then you lose him. If you lose him for the season, he might ruffle feathers in the locker room. It just, I just think that's so not worth it. I'm actually well, kind of surprised by the reaction. I think there has Dion's been version of blowing quite a few up might Laker be fans that like have been like, taking, yeah, that, taking... that'd be a good move. you know. But I'm like, really? I just, how? How is it a good move? Well, I was going to say, um, Dion's Dion's version of, of, of blowing up in the locker room might be just taking a uh, a weed gummy. Yeah, one too many um, gummies. Yeah, and just and just you know, blowing blowing that way. I guess. But he's, he's <laughs> just got a record. He's got a track record for rubbing people the wrong way. And like, how do you rub Eric Spolster the wrong way? Well, I think it's because he he didn't come to work, didn't come to training camp in shape. Uh, I think he knew his position. His red uh, flag. Yeah, I think he also knew his. Um, spot in the rotation was in question once they got Tyler Hero, um, once they got Jimmy Butler. Um, I just think, you know, if you remember back to when LeBron chose to return to Cleveland, he named Tristan Thompson, he named Kyrie Irving, uh, he didn't name Dion Waiters in that letter, I believe, uh, which led people to believe, oh, Dion's gone, Dion's gone. Um, 
Well, he, you know, he another did mention thing, him, he didn't mention much about him, if I remember that correctly. I'm not surprised. I was going to say another thing that I saw today that I had no idea about is he's a clutch client. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the one who got uh, clutch is the one that got Dion the, uh, what was it, four-year, $50 million deal a couple of yeah. years ago? So, I mean, that could be another just component of it. They just say that they're interested to get people kind of like, oh, well, maybe they see something that we don't see here. You know, get some interest in him from other but teams. I don't think people are that blind like, at this point. Like everyone knows the clutch client, and that it might be clutch just sticking out for their guy. Yeah. No, that's what I mean, though. Like they're they're showing interest, so other teams show interest, or at least give them a look, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think they seriously sign them. I, I don't. I just don't think that the risk is worth the reward there. I, I just. Uh. I still can't believe his name came up right right away after Darren Collison. It just amazes me. Like the two names strongest uh, after Collison, J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters. Just unbelievable. That's the power of LeBron. But, there, I mean, um, there are others. I mean, there's Reggie Jackson, but like we spoke before, Reggie Jackson could be bound for the Clippers, right? So, so Mark Stein reported that, um, you know, Reggie is still weighing his options in terms of whether to pursue a buyout. And if he does pursue it, he said the Clippers are the leading candidate to land him. Um, which, again, would be huge because you prevent this guy from going to the Lakers. Um, I'm not the biggest Reggie Jackson fan because he's he's a bit volatile in, in, in the sense of he gets too focused on himself, I think. Well, um, I mean, there's a trend with a lot of these guys, right? They're getting bought out for a reason. Because they couldn't be used by their team, or they're just a nuisance. Yeah, well, I think I think a lot of their teams are also making movements towards young pieces. Like, for example, Memphis bought out Dion because they have Ja, they have Dylan Brooks. Uh, they got a, they got a good team there. A good but young what, team. But what I mean though is just if they're this. if they're talented enough, you you don't even consider getting rid of them, right? You figure out a way to, to implement them. But if they're yeah, not, or if they're like on the fringe there, then see you later. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, but considering, you know, each team's needs, I think uh, the Clippers would, would, would very much welcome Reggie Jackson. I think they would have welcomed Darren Collison more, but, you know, you do you make do with what you have. Um, but right now, let's, you know, D, Reggie Jackson isn't even available. He hasn't decided on this yet, so we don't even know. Um, but... Another guy I think that's been named is Trey Burke. He was he was recently waived by the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, a scoring point guard. Um, you know, I think he backed up for the Jazz. He backed up for the Sixers. Uh, he's a solid guy. I think could could I don't, really be I good don't for think the he's Lakers. done anything since his time in college, like anything of of note. Where'd, where'd he go? Uh, Michigan State. Was Michigan I think State? it was Michigan. Michigan. Okay. I think it was Michigan. Yeah. Wolf, yeah. Wolf, that Wolverines. Yeah. Pretty sure it's Michigan, yeah. Um, and I think he, he won. Did he win? No. He didn't win a title. He had a good game in the title game, I think. Well, enough sure. enough to get his name out there and became, became like a household name. Well, look, I mean, he played really well for the Knicks. Granted, they are the Knicks. Uh, he played really well. He played, he played okay for the Jazz as a backup. He played uh, solid at times in spurts for the Sixers. Look, you don't need him to come in and score 20 a game for you. You don't even need him to come in and score 10 a game for you. You just need him to come in and be a, another weapon, another playmaking option. I just think uh, there's there's a hundred Trey Burks in the league. You know, I don't. Then why aren't the Lakers signing any of them? Because they're just got, living why with Why would you? Right I don't think it makes your team better. You've already got 
Troy Daniels and, and Quinn Cook, who's who could be in the same category. I mean, I think Quinn Cook's a little bit better. Well, neither of them are playmakers. They're more three-point shooters. Quinn Cook is a, is a decent No, decent they are, but, I, but his defense I don't, is a liability. I just don't think Trey Burke moves the needle, man. I think one guy who they should at least look at, but there's question marks uh, with his relationship with LeBron, is Isaiah Thomas. How the, the Clippers just waved Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas could come off the bench and score 30, just like that. And I know... You need kind of a playmaker too, but I mean the, the choices right now are just so limited. I just don't think any of these guys are worth going after right now. I mean, if if one side of the ball, the thing is Isaiah's only one side of the ball because yeah, defensively he is going to get switched on and just destroyed in the post every time. Mm-hmm. Like I remember Paul George himself uh, when they played the Wizards here a couple months ago said like. No disrespect to Isaiah Thomas, but when he's on the floor, we're attacking him. And you can be damn sure that if he's on the Lakers and if he's on the floor, he's going to get attacked. Yeah. Uh, and they'll cause mismatches. And I think that's one side of the ball that the, the Clippers, um, you know, in cutting him, just decided wasn't really worth, worth um, trying. Especially when you have a Lou Williams, who's already kind of a liability. Not kind of, he is a liability. Uh, defensively. Um, so, what, you, yeah, you do make a good point that the options are really limited. But do you just think they're better off not making a move at all and keeping this team as it is? Maybe. Maybe. Because they still got to wave somebody if they, uh, if they bring somebody in. And I just don't know if whoever they wave. I would, my guess would be they wave Troy Daniels, right? He's end-of-the-bench guy, barely sees time. Quinn Cook has a great relationship with LeBron and a lot of the guys. And he's shown he can ball out when he gets, gets the minutes. Um, I just think Troy Daniels is that guy that would get waved. I know Lakers fans want Rondo to get waved. I just don't see that happening. I mean, there I just, is zero chance that Rondo gets waved. <laughs> right. And believe it or not, he actually has a player option for next year, which I was blown away by when I looked at his contract. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. We're going to have to go through this all over again next year? He, but, could, uh, be, he could be dealt in the summer. You never know. But um, Or bought out. I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah, the options on the table right now are not are not great. They're just um, yeah, they're just not. I mean, I, like I said, I thought Darren Collison was perfect. I you definitely wave a player right away if if you can sign that guy. Um, he's well, he's rested. You know what I mean? It's taking all that time off. If he's in shape, if he's ready to go, like perfect. I mean, I think the Lakers get that much better right away with Darren Collison. But now, I just don't. Like, there's just such a significant drop off. You know. I just I don't think it's really worth it. Unless somebody gets bought out out of nowhere, we just don't see it coming, and, he, and he's kind of the same mold as, as Collison, then, then you got to consider it. But um, we just have to see what they really want to do. Okay, well, r- right now, following the Marcus acquisition, Morris, uh, Marcus <laughs> Morris, did I say Marcus? Jeez. I don't know. <laughs> I think mine is name. Following the Marcus Morris Morcus. I said Marcus. What the hell? He combined his name and decided to speed through it. Morcus. His name is Morcus. His name is Morcus. Following Morcus Morris, uh, <laughs> following the Marcus Morris acquisition, though, uh, are, the, are the Clippers, um, you know, are, are they in a better position to, to, to win the West now, do you think? Are they, like, leading candidates now? I don't know. I mean, I think you'd have to, you have such a small sample size, just one game. I mean, if, give it 10 games, see how he fits, you know? Maybe he helps with their, you know, their 
their load management tendencies with Kawhi and, and Paul George. Um, and, f- you know, helps enough to where they win games uh, not easily, but, like, enough to, to, to scare other teams. Be like, damn, even when these guys take nights off, they still are, are killing teams. I mean, well, they basically taken... did against the Cavs, right? But, I mean, it's Cavs. Yeah, but I think um, Kawhi's only missed, I want to say, three games due to actual injury, and the rest are back-to-back management, which is doctors have still said he can't play back-to-backs. Um, and they only have, I believe it's four back-to-backs left. So unless he's missing a game due to injury, he should only miss about four games the rest of the way. Um, but if you think about it, those could be crucial games down the stretch. I mean, there's still, what, two or three games behind the Lakers, right? Yeah, the they're West? two and a half games behind the Lakers, I believe. And they're, I think, two games ahead of the Jazz for third or something like that. Yeah, so that seeding is going to come into play. And say you win those four games because Morris is there and can fill that void for a game. Obviously, he's no Kawhi. But, uh, you know, if he can put, put in 20 points, 10 boards, why not? Yeah, entering the week, the Clippers were three games behind the Lakers, uh, tied with the Denver Nuggets at uh, 37 and 16 for the second seed, and then two and a half games ahead of the Jazz for fourth place, uh, for third place. Excuse me. Um, it's gonna be a tight race. So, yeah, the Jazz have lost a couple of games they shouldn't have. I think they went on a four-game losing streak. They had that awful um, missed call goaltending that that sort of. I mean, that would have tied the game. They could have won at the buzzer anyways, but still. The fact that it never got the chance to become that was, was uh, sad. That's twice um, that's happened now, right? Didn't that happen with... Uh, I think he fouled think Ingram. A, yeah, that's what it was. He fouled Ingram. He also got that... Remember that, that foul call with like one left or something? <coughs> it was one left. They threw a lob and he got a foul call out of that. Uh, made one of two free throws to force OT, but the ja- uh, the Pelicans won an OT. Yeah. I think Ingram hit a game winner. Well, it was, it was expected to be a game winner. Um but yeah, I mean, you look at the seeding right now. Uh, Oklahoma City is quietly creeping in there. They're in the sixth seed. They're only a game behind Houston for the five seed. Um, they are sneaky good. They're, That's pretty they're crazy. Games over five hundred. When you think about it, they're only. Did you say a game or a game and a game and a half behind Houston? They're a game behind Houston. They're one game behind. That's crazy. That's I believe insane. I saw this on Twitter that I think they've already surpassed their their. Uh, you know how Vegas sets the over/under for wins in a season. Uh-huh. OKC has already surpassed theirs. It was a 31, 31 and a half. That would already a thirty-two. Bet. Would have been a great bet. They have twenty-nine games left. That's that's nuts. Good for them, though. You know. You know what I think the difference is between them and Houston, though. I think OKC is a good team. All the pieces they have together work well together, right? And mm-hmm. they've all got that kind of chip on their shoulder, like, oh, this was a throwaway season. Nobody believed in us. Uh, nobody cares. Everybody's just waiting for Chris Paul to get traded or go somewhere else. Um, so they kind of use it to their advantage. And obviously Chris Paul has been totally rejuvenated from it. Um, and and Houston's more of like just two stars balling out every night. And if they have off nights, they lose. I mean, they're showing that they've, they, I mean, they've, they've lost some games recently. I mean, they lost on a buzzer beater the other night, a crazy one. But um, Houston is 33-20. and 20. Right now, OKC is 32 and 21, so they're right behind them. Um, they're ahead of the Mavs. OKC is ahead of the Mavs. Uh, the Grizzlies are in there over 500 at 27 and 26. I think they're about three games from their expected win total for the season, so they're right there as well. That's another um, one of those teams. Crazy year. Just a yeah. crazy year. Um, John Morant's real deal. 
I think obviously I think it's way too early to look at seeding, but I think it is interesting that these teams are creeping in there. The Clippers and Nuggets, it looks like we'll be fighting fighting for the, the two and the three. We'll see if the Utah Jazz can creep back in there. But um, well, just with all the all the teams being so close, the seeding could be completely different by the time it's over. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Which makes it interesting. I like it when it's like this. I don't like it when a team has a ten game lead, six game lead at the top. And there's such a significant drop-off. I think it's more interesting this way. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you do get games that are still important down, down at the end of the year. Um, not as much resting, if, I mean, unless teams really need it. Uh, real quick before we hop off, though, uh, just looking ahead at the upcoming schedule. I mean, I know we have the All-Star break, but um, the Lakers have the, I think it's the, the, the game tonight with the Phoenix Suns. Um, Phoenix on Monday and then Denver at Denver on Wednesday to close out their pre-All-Star break season. Um, and then they will open back up Friday, February 21st following the All-Star. Wow, so they have a whole week off basically after the break. It's going to be nice. It's going to be real nice. <laughs> it's going to be real nice for you too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so they open up Friday, February 21st uh, versus Memphis, at home versus Memphis uh, as their first game post-All-Star um, that'll be interesting. That'll be a good one. Um, that'll be a loss. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> everyone's going to come be, out rusty. Everybody's going to be so rusty and so kind of lethargic. I can uh, see it. I and John Morant is just going to go off. Watch. I can see. Didn't they already lose to Memphis once this year, or am I wrong about that? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think Memphis gave them a run for their money one of the two games that they played. But uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look. I can't remember. Uh-huh. All these games are melding together now, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it looks like uh, they've, they've beaten them. Uh, they're 2-0 against them so far. So I, haven't, okay. I think that must have been last year. Uh, meanwhile, on the Clippers' side, they will take on the Philadelphia 76ers on Tuesday and then Thursday. Final game, of the, uh, final game I think, of the NBA pre-All-Star break season uh, against the Boston Celtics on Thursday, February 13th. Um, Wow, back-to-back TNT games for the Clippers. And then they will open up... Wow, look at this. The Clippers will open up the, the post-All-Star break uh, season on Saturday. They will have Monday through Friday all off and open up Saturday in an afternoon game against the Sac- Sacramento Kings at home. That's a long so, time to just be chilling at home. Back-to-back Saturday games? Is that what you just said? No, 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 no. no. They play uh, one Saturday and they play the next Saturday? No, no, no. They, they, they open up the All-Star break... Uh, they have a whole week off after the All-Star break, and they, their first game after the break is on Saturday. Okay. They have Monday through Friday off. Well, it's kind of like the Lakers. First game is a Friday, right? Yeah, so. essentially, yeah. Um, so same amount of day, days off. Um, wow, that, that's a lot. That's a lot of days off. Yeah, Hopefully uh, everyone gets right for the second second half of the season. We're going to be struggling for content that, that week. <laughs> Are we? Sure. We might see we might see a buyout signing. We might see some guys. I hope not. I hope not. But what are you know. trying to actually have a vacation time? What is this? The players get the vacation time. Hey, I deserve it. I deserve it. Are you it. trying to hit up hit up uh, hit up a beach for a couple of days? Beach, <laughs> Disneyland. Aha, uh-huh. uh-huh. Disneyland. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that pretty much wraps it up for us. Um, as always, you can follow uh, Ryan Ward on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, YouTube and Facebook. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're all at Ryan Ward LA. Yep. Um, all of them, even Facebook? Yeah, yeah, all of them. Okay. I, I changed them all at the same time. Um, all around the same time. 
So he's, he's got it all mapped out for you. Just put in Ryan Ward LA. You can find them all there. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube uh, at Tomer Zarly. That's T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y. Uh, as always, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google Play, Spotify. Um, what was I going to say? I forgot. <laughs> oh, um, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you know, leave us a five star review, uh, please. Uh, if you have any oh. comments, questions, concerns, suggestions, recommendations, I don't know how many other ways I can say comments. We um, could say that uh, Mondays. It's going to be Mondays from here on out. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. Thank you very much, Ryan. Uh, yeah, moving forward, we're going to be recording on Mondays and uh, releasing the episodes on Tuesdays. Uh, that's part of our, you know, now that we're working with Blue Wire, we can get a, a better set schedule out. Tuesday morning, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, it should be out Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Um, so you guys can look out for our podcast Tuesday mornings uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll let you know if that changes at all. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in as always. And um, we'll look to see you guys uh, next week. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace.